When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers. Look your best this spring and join the other 8 million men who trust Manscaped. Use code SPURS20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Inside this ball care bundle, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. So save 20% off and free shipping with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SPURS20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, Spurs fans everywhere, welcome back to this special live Spurs show from uh, the Albany in London's glamorous West End. Jerry Cox is back with me. Hi, Jerry. Thank you very much for having me. Theo Delaney here, and we welcome our special guest. He was so good last time we've got him back again. He built one of the greatest Spurs teams I've ever seen, that's for sure, and I'm sure that's uh, that's shared by a lot of people here, the great 87 team with the five-man midfield. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, please. Welcome with me, welcoming back David Pleat. <laughs> Good to see you, David, at this uh, tricky time for Tottenham Hotspur fans. Uh, we last had you on this show a year ago, and a lot happens in a fo- football in a year. Last year, we discussed mainly your managerial career at Luton and Spurs and beyond. But tonight, we would like to understand more of the mechanics behind the scenes at a football club, which you're obviously privy to as a former director of football. And I know you're still advising uh, clubs to this day. Our final question to you last year was, is Antonio Conte the right man to get us competing for trophies again? This was put to you before the really strong run-in that got us to fourth place in the Champions League. And the same could happen this season, but rumours abound 
I don't know about rumours. I mean, I think we were assuming uh, that he won't be here probably this time next week. Uh, and that's all obviously been accelerated by his outburst at the weekend, which we've just talked about in, uh, in our previous show. What do you think, first of all, David, what do you think? Do you think there's any prospect of him sticking around? Well, let me say, first of all, th thank you for having me. And uh, I hope we have a nice conversation. I did think about cancelling because I knew the talk would all be around who should we have, which managers we have, who's good, who's not good, and I'm not interested. It's all about players. I'm in an invidious position, because I work, if you like, more with the academy now than I did with the seniors a few years ago, where I, my thoughts on players were taken very seriously in terms of recruitment, and recruitment is so important. And when we talk about certain things, which I've heard already about the Arsenal, Arteta's taken on boys that were at the academy at Arsenal uh, from an early age and have come through the system. At the moment, we haven't got anyone who I would like to say may be in the first team in our under-21 group. But I'll tell you one or two positives. Uh, Scarlett's playing tonight with Divine for the England under-20s at Manchester. Seven o'clock kickoff tonight. The, on Saturday, the under-18s beat the Arsenal 3-1. And, and um, they're in the final of the Premier League Under-18 Cup against Nottingham Forest. The Under-17s on Saturday beat the Arsenal Under-17s 3-2. Love it. And they are going to be playing at Villa Park. They're also in the final of the Under-17s. The Under-21s haven't done so well this season. It goes in cycles. But it also goes, and we're going to generalise a lot tonight, where managers either encourage youth and the future of the club as well as today tomorrow must be important Arsenal have proving that at the moment and we have consistently I'm got a bit mustn't veer away from this saying we there is a difference between pronouns and that's where I think the manager on Saturday if I could just say this I was at Barnet Saturday. I was watching a player called Langstaff of Notts County. He's 25, and I wasn't watching him particularly for Tottenham. I was watching him for my own information to see his movement in the box. He's got 30 goals this season. Not one, of a pen not one is a penalty. He's 25. He came for 50,000 from Gateshead. I also saw two players recently at an Isthmian League club. One 19 and one just 20. I can tell you now, our club wouldn't look at those boys. But in my day, we certainly would look at those boys. The Tottenham level is probably a bit high. But to go back to Saturday, it was so simple what to say. I was so upset when I was listening in the car going away from Barnet that that pe penalty had been given. And the two commentators, Ian Dennis and uh, not sure who was with him, they both said it's certain penalties. It wasn't a penalty looking at it when I saw it again. The boy, Saar, kicked the ball, and Maitland-Niles was very clever. He pushed in front of him as though it looked as though he'd taken Maitland-Niles out. How did they not score that penalty? It's all ifs. Had we won 3-2, Mr Conte might have gone in there. Now, let's say at three, what I would have said. It's 3-3. Very disappointed, very upset. Keep calm. What you say is... We're very disappointed. We thought the decision to give the penalty was a disgrace. You could say that at worst. And as a consequence of that, 
we're not going to be one point above Manchester United in third position tonight. I would have given the supporters some hope, some pleasure over the weekend, which we know was disappointing anyway because we lost that last goal. I also heard talk earlier on about Ryan Mason, but I'll only remind you this, that when Conte was in Italy, did they play Chelsea while Conte was in Italy? I think they did. I was very impressed with that performance against Chelsea. It was an aggressive Tottenham performance with skill as well. And they did all right against West Ham. And I can remember the game against Leeds when they did very well. When... And then there was the Leicester City game when Leicester City looked as though they were going to turn it on with Madison playing very well and Benton Core scored and we took it on and Son scored a hat-trick. So there are positives... But it isn't just solved by a manager necessarily. It's to do with the players at his disposal and the recruitment of the club and the youth of the club. There has to be a connect through all those areas of any club. And when there's a strong connect between the board and the youth and the seniors and everyone's interested in everyone else and what's going on and they want to lift the club, then you can have a successful club. I don't think because of one rant, I think they call it, on Saturday, that things have gone desperately wrong. And it may be because he feels personally, because he's had one or two traumas in his career this season, that he felt that he had to say that. I didn't see any signs of it coming before. I've watched training occasionally and I see the training going very well, and I think they respected the training they did. The one criticism, I heard it on the radio last night, was that we're a very defensive team. Well, we may be, but we scored the third highest goals in the Premier League, 52 goals. Mm. So that doesn't sound too defensive, but I know what they mean. They mean that maybe they take all the credit away from the great Danny Blanchflower, who said the game is about glory, the game is about wanting people to see a top team playing with style and not winning 2-0 and shutting up shop or trying to, but going for the third goal and the fourth goal. Even when they're playing lower teams. I can remember when they beat Crewe. Was it 13-2? Yeah. Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur represents a great, you call it a brand now. It's still a very well-respected club. I hear you say what manager would want to come to Tottenham. Let me tell you, they advertised the post. They advertised the post, I think it was at Accrington the other day, or, or Fleetwood, one of those clubs, 100 applications. So people still revere a, a chance to be a manager, and particularly at a club like Tottenham Hotspur. The danger, I'll just go to two points in what was said before. First of all, about compensation. Most managers who come, unless they're very famous and they've got a very strong agent, they'll want a longer contract and they'll want full compensation if they're sacked prior to that, com that, that, that ending. But most managers nowadays, the chairman do not give them long termination clauses. They could have a 10-year contract, like Pardew had at Newcastle. Do you think Ashley gave him eight years' compensation? Of no. course he didn't. He gave him six months. So you've got to be careful, really, when you look at players. And what is a big name? I hear people talk about a big name. 
What is a big name? A big name might have done well in a club with particularly good players at a particularly good time and had a particularly wonderful season. But maybe he couldn't replicate that at another club because he has a different players, he has a different chairman, he has different supporters. And it's not as easy as that just to say, oh, he's doing well at so-and-so, manager A, we'll get him. So you all talk about different names. It's not as easy as that because no one can predict the future. So when Mourinho comes or Conte comes or Maurizio comes, you know, you expect a lot because of what they've done previously. But it doesn't always work out because of that. You have to realise that. And the other thing that disappoints me personally is that we don't talk about British managers and British managers that are moving forward in the lower leagues. You never know. Would Mr Howe have come to Tottenham when the Tottenham job was available? Would anyone in this room have said, oh, let's go and get Howe from Bournemouth out of work, 18 months? Yeah. Didn't do so well at Burnley. Did well at Bournemouth with a lesser side and took them, showed that he could manage. He showed that he could manage. And now he's managing at a club with better players and he's once again showing he can manage. So I think knee-jerk decisions, you have to be very, very careful. And because I hear so many names mentioned, you now know how difficult it is for the board of directors to pick someone at this time. Yeah. And no manager would want to come who's got a name, a reputation, for 12 games or 10 games. No, no. No. They, they would want a two-and-a-half-year. So it's at least. So it's, it's a very difficult time for the club if Conte does walk away or is, is told to leave. What do you expect to happen? I don't, I'm not saying what I expect to happen. Okay. All right. Let me, uh, do you think then, given what you've just said, which makes perfect sense, that most managers aren't going to come to the end of the season, as you say, because they have their reputations and one or two are available, though? No. You have, and also... You have 48 hours to pick a new manager. Now, most clubs have got a, an idea. I was very disappointed. I'll tell you a little, one story then, because I've done a book, actually, and um, I've put certain things in the book that may be close to upsetting one or two people, but I've been careful. And it's gone to publishers, but I don't know when it would come out. And it doesn't matter to me. It's a story of my life, and particularly my attachment with Tottenham. But... Um, when um, I was given a list, they were given a list from headhunters. Headhunters. Now, you'd have thought there's enough brains in a football club to, to know yeah. where the managers are around yeah. the world. You know yourself. You've yeah. just spoken about some of them. Yeah. But they were given the name of headhunt headhunters to be a director of football at Tottenham. I'll tell you a couple of the names. One was Taranio of, Malin, uh, of AC Milan, who I knew. One was Mark Watte who was a big friend of Martin Joel at the time. Martin Joel, it was, it was when Martin Joel was here. And there was a third one. Da, 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 da. Oh, Kamele, Kamele. Right. Anyway, uh, there, was, there were six names, actually. Mm. Anyway, to cut a long story short, Kamele uh, uh, got the job. Uh, why am I telling you this story? Is because it could have been any one of the six. Yeah. I don't know if someone would have been more successful than Kamele. Everyone has their good points, but they also have their lesser points, yeah. too. We all do. So it's, there is, there is a, a certain amount of, you, you need to be certain, you need to gamble well. And if you talk about gambling well, can I mention Brentford and Brighton? Mm. Because both their chairmen are mathematicians. Bloom is a better mathematician than Bonham, but Bonham took a lot of ideas onto Brentford. 
But Brighton have looked at the players worldwide, not in Italy and Spain and France, where you've got to pay 50 million for a player who comes and after a year his agent says, come back, they're not playing you regularly. And they got 50 million on the books, mm. 50 million pounds, mm. right? Um, reminds me of Don Belly scored a goal the other day for Napoli. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's regardless, <laughs> regardless of that. Yeah. The point I'm trying to make is this. So they look in Eastern Europe and they look in South America particularly. And they've got some good players from those areas. Mm. And Brentford have got some good area, players from another area, Scandinavia. Yeah. So recipe for success? I'm not so sure. Everyone looks for a big name. How's it worked at Chelsea, all those big names? You could say, well, they've won things. They've won things, but there's no substance in the club. Mm. And if what you were saying earlier about Manchester City, and they Chelsea will have the same inquiries and are going to have the same inquiries as Manchester City. So it's quite possible that two of the biggest clubs in the country who have built their, whether it's state money or whatever money it is, but on money on money, 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 have, and have bought all the best young players in the country, make no mistake, and half of them have been scooped up from lesser clubs. We lost two players to Southampton not so long ago. We got an absolutely ridiculous uh, figure from the Premier League for the tapping up, which they, they did. They took two of our players, and they offered them silly money, Southampton, and they're building up a youth thing with, with the same policy of Man City and Chelsea. Of course, they, they take all the best young players and they hope that they come through. So everyone's got a different kind of system. The Tottenham system has been fairly sound. Unfortunately, we've just escaped what you call success too often. I don't think there's a curse on the club. I think it just happens that, uh, you know, even when it was Harry was there, Harry did very well without a director of football. Mm. Now we've got a director of football, not once mentioned in your earlier conversations. No, you're right. Yeah, we not never once mentioned in your earlier teaching. conversations, who has been signing players. Yeah. I mean, he's an important figure, isn't he? And presumably he will have an extremely... Uh, a, a, well, there are question marks over his future, of course, because he's been banned in Italy. And he, there's, a th there's a thought that he may be banned worldwide, in which case he's out of the picture. But that doesn't happen. He's in the picture for now. Does he, does he consider himself part of the Conti team? In which case, does he, if Conti goes, does he go? He was here before Conti, of course, wasn't he? He wasn't. Well, well I, 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 my only comment is they work with, with each other at Juventus, of course. Yeah, yeah they're mates. And, and Juventus were very successful. But yeah. once again, go back to what I've just said about Man City and Chelsea. Juventus. Yeah. They, 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 they got investigated and it all went Pete Tong and then now they're all over the shop. To do with not doing things right. Yeah. I remember when I came and Alan Sugar, I think, oh, I asked me back as director of football. No, when I knew him the first time, I think, I've lost track of the time. But he got the 12 points back, didn't he? From, yeah. From uh, the uh, relegation. Early in his reign. From yeah. improper payments. Yeah. And um, the. Um, what, what he did was, he, was he, he, he did that very well, but he, he kind of, he, he showed that, uh, and after that, oh, that's the point I'm making, after that, Tottenham had been so sh straight down the line. Yeah. 
and if they, they won't do anything that's wrong. Dodgy, yeah. When I did first come there, everyone, I'll tell you this story, everyone had a company, a company car of some sort. The secretary spent half his time looking at Glasser's Guide, looking at what car our dealers can have, Hoddle's leaving, so yeah. our dealers can have Hoddle's car, yeah. ja- he's got a Jaguar, he's got a Ford, da 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 da, da. Absolute rubbish, you know. Um, so... It's not, it's not, it's so much about looking after the players, getting good players and the money. There's so many different things that, that, that come into making a successful, yeah. harmonious football club. Yeah. Of course, they don't do cars anymore. I'll tell you one story about cars. I, I do ramble a little bit, unfortunately. We love it. But you'll have to accept that. So I signed a boy called Mark Robson. From yeah, Exeter City for yeah. 40,000. We had high hopes for him. Little jockey, five foot seven, still in the game at West Ham, a good boy. Came on the Monday morning with his chairman and his manager, Colin Appleton. Come from Exeter City all the way up to Tottenham to meet me. I'm going to sign Mark Robson. Right? We start arguing. Not arguing. We've agreed everything, but he wants a little bit more money. Can't remember exactly. Mark would remember. He wanted more money. First of all, he says, do we do company cars? I said, well, there's no more company cars because it's a nightmare. The different players saying, well, he's got this, he's got that, I want that, I want that. That's just one of the problems. <laughs> so Mark Robson wants a li- more money. I said, Mark, I'm sorry, there's not one more penny. I'm on a strict budget and I'm looking after the club's money. I hope you appreciate that. I'm giving you a wonderful chance. You're going from Exeter City to Tottenham and I hope you do well. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. Irving's there. Comes in. What have we got here, then? I said, Irving, I told you last Thursday. This is Mark <laughs> Robson, who's coming to Tottenham. 40,000, a boy. We, you know, directly, I'm saying to him, you've got to make an impression. Well, what's the problem? That's he says to me. What's the problem? I said, it's, well, it's very simple. He wants an extra X. And I've told him we're not prepared to do that. Well, nonsense, pay it. <laughs> that's, how, that's how a director can work. I was humiliated. Yeah. Yeah. When you're looking after the club and you're doing yeah, your best yeah, yeah. And, he's and, and, and they come in and say something like that. Well, I'll, ne- I'll never forget that. It wasn't his worst crime. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So just to say, for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews, original documentary series on Spurs, go to patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Please leave us a nice review on iTunes. 
Uh, I mean, now, of course, as you say, what, what, there are many things that we, we, we tend to overlook the good things about the club. There's lots of, you know, we've grown a lot. and we've, we've, Things have improved a hell of a lot since the 90s. We've got lots of things to be proud of. And the propriety that with which we do business is a, group, a big positive, isn't it? Because as you say, we're not going to get on the, a knock on the door in the middle of the night like Juventus and Manchester City and Chelsea do. We're going to be fine. But do you think, um, just going back to the short term, I know you Come don't want to say... if you wish. I know you don't want to say too much, but do you think it would work putting Ryan Mason in charge for this season? I make no comment on that. Okay, okay. okay. I call it the Fifth Amendment, I think. Okay. David, what I would say is... All I know is he's a very nice chap. Yes. He was a very that. good player. And let me yeah. tell you something. When I first came back around 2010 as a consultant and scout, really, um, I saw Ryan play regularly with Harry. Yeah. And Ryan Mason was ve- helped Harry's career, I'm going to tell you. He had eyes in the back of his head. He was a great, what I call, spinner. They worked as a pair. Pair, Bannister and Warboys, Gilzine and Greaves, Crouch and Defoe. Pairs of strikers played together. You could play a ball and he would let the ball run to Kane and spin round. He was excellent. He yeah. was a, a, and he left too early. And he admits yeah. it now. He tells me he left too early. He was a bit frustrated. He played for England once. Yeah. I think he scored a goal. Uh, he made a goal for Townsend, England, once one cap. And he rushed off to Hull City for first-team football. Hull mm. were in a better situation at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he's, he's, a, he's a decent chap. Yeah. And the other thing, t- tell me if I'm wrong. But when Conte was away recently with a gallbladder yeah. a, a trouble, wasn't Stellini supposedly in, in charge? In charge, yeah. Well, what does it mean in charge? I don't know. You exactly. tell me. I'm telling you. Yeah. Do you not think that Loris, Loris yeah. and Hoiberg yeah. and, and, Harry Kane. and Harry Kane weren't saying things sure. and, and as, a, as a group, bringing the group together? Yeah, yeah. And tell me the results. They, they were pretty good, yeah. They were pretty good, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. When Mason took the took it on, a rather onerous, difficult job when Mourinho left. Yeah. They were good results. They, they were good league results. I'm yeah. just telling you, they were good league results. But, of yeah. course, he lost 1-0 to Man City. We got, we got hammered. Yeah. But we lost 1-0. Yeah. And Mourinho might have lost 1-0. We can't be sure no. that if Mourinho would have stayed another four or five days, we'd have won it. Yeah. You can't be sure. Sorry? Yeah. And I think that was that was the middle of Man City winning about five in six in a row of that cup final, wasn't yeah. it? The League Cup, yeah. 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 David, yeah, the tough, one thing I was going to ask you, as a as a manager and dealing with players, and then obviously, as you say, picking your words carefully, how do you think players will will react when they see the words and they'll see the video and they'll see what the manager said? Well, he's pretty much sort of saying they lack fight, they lack well, desire. Well, 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 in football, you, f- you see a lot of what I call generalisations. And what he did was a, a massive generalisation. Mm. He didn't explain what culture means. I rang Radio 5. I'm very friendly with some of them on Radio 5. The other night, because that silly Ma- Micah Richards was talking about culture. Yeah. But he doesn't... <laughs> But he's got. But he. So I asked. So I. So I asked Mark Chapman. I said, "Ask him to explain what he means by the definition of culture." Yeah. What is culture? I know what Tottenham stands for: exciting, attractive football, scoring goals, going forward. And I remember three games when I had him as a caretaker, actually, when I think we drew 4-4 with Portsmouth, we won 4-3 against Leicester, and then we won 4-2 at Charlton. Mm -hmm. We scored 12 goals in uh, three games. And then we were sitting sixth at the time, I was caretaker. 
and uh, Ro Robbie and uh, Robbie Keane and Kari said they wanted to go to Dubai. The boys they thought they'd done well. We picked up from when I took over from about 14th. We were sixth after we won at Charlton 4-2. Johnny Jackson scored. Yeah, I was at that game. I remember Johnny it. Jackson. Yeah. Well, I, I remember was there. I was there too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we. Um, so they, uh, they, anyway, they wanted to go to, to, to Dubai. Um, but the, p the point was then, I, I was a caretaker. I had decent players and they were, and they were, and they were playing, playing well for each other. Generalisation. If you say that someone, uh, how can I put it? I remember after the cup final when I've got a f always got a feeling that Glenn thought, and I generalised, I said, well, if two or three of your top players don't play to their maximum. We were unlucky in that cup final yeah. because I've told you before, Mabbott had a real problem with his feet, his toes. He couldn't feel his toes because of his diabetes. Mm. He was a fantastic Mabbott. How he carried on playing for another four years. Mm. Anyway, his diabetes, he was... And Goff had an injury. So my two centre-halves, and even the, I saw Neil Sillett of Coventry, Sillett's son, the other day, and Neil said to me about uh, Neil Midgley in that cup final, he should definitely have sent, uh, uh, not Kill Rogers, Kilkline off yeah. for the foul on Mabbott. Mm. Might have changed the game. But anyway, lost in extra time, whatever, whatever. But I remember after the game, I must have said, well, if one or two of your top players don't play to a maximum on the day, you can, you can lose the game. So it was a generalisation, but Glenn took it, I think, to heart. I think he knew, because Jin, Mickey Jin, marked him, man-marked him, and marked him very well in that cup final, Glenn didn't play at his best. It was his last game as well. It? Of course it was. We'd promised him that he would go after the cup final. So generalisations. So on Saturday was a generalisation. The players, the, the players mm. aren't... Have got no heart or whatever he said about them. I've forgotten now. He said they weren't. They were selfish. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if I'm a player, I go in Monday morning because my wife said, "Does he mean you?" I'm a player now. Yeah. And knock on his door and say, "Excuse me, Mr. Conte, were you referring to me as being selfish?" Because it's so important as a manager that if you say things like that, that people know who you are talking to and, you, and you've got to see people individually. Yeah, well, that's also, what Hoybier's come out and said exactly that. He said, said, that, said that? has come out and said exactly that. He said we, we, he needs to be more clear. We need to be clear who he meets. And he's also said, and, uh, as Kuliseski did, but I, he can't, he I know can't, I'm honest. It, I know I try. I'm not selfish. Yes, of course. But he, I don't think there's any non-triers there. No. I don't think there's any selfish players there. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all paid a lot of money. The only one that's probably got any grudge this season in any way probably is Richarlison because he, he was signed for a lot of money. Yeah. And he hasn't. Not been, been able picked. to play games and yeah. we've had and also the other point about Saturday is he could have easily tried to put a positive spin on it and say without my first team goalkeeper although Foster's doing well without my first team goalkeeper and without Basuma yeah. who are the other two injured Benson Coo uh, yeah and Sessignon can't get his hamstrings right yeah. so we were without four first senior players and then, and there, then was enough, there was enough early. there at Southampton even though I'm told they didn't play that well of course uh, to put a positive spin on it. S some managers do. You know who they yeah. are. Yeah, you know, well, most they, do. They, they, most do. They yeah. say after every game, the boy, you're going to get beat 3-0. And they say, well, I can't moan at the players. They yeah. fought hard. They worked hard. Yeah. They covered every blade of grass. Yeah. 
So, Bla- so what? That's blame the, least the ref. You, that's the least you expect. Yeah. To cover every brain yeah. of grass yeah, and to yeah. work hard and to fight for each other. Yeah. And that's what I believe Tottenham players do. Yeah. I believe that. Well, I that's d- why it seemed like a resignation speech. I, d- I, I didn't think, or I don't think, that there's any player there in that senior team that turns the other cheek. I haven't seen a player pack it in or stop no. chasing or stop... I mean, I heard the other day something about Son. Son works his balls off when he hasn't got the ball. Mm. He's an unbelievable presser. He chases here, he chases there. Yeah, yeah. But um, this season hasn't gone well for him. I've got a little thing on that one. Son played very well when he just played with Kane, the two of them up front. When the wingers came in, Kulichewski and uh, on the other side... Uh, uh, Charlison it hasn't to to me it's taken something away from Son yeah Son with Kane the story you look at the you look at the games they played a different system of course a system of play can be can be relatively important but it's not the be all and end all yeah you've got to have good players I played 4-5-1 but I had good players and they worked. They moved into that system almost so easily. Yeah, it, it came naturally to them. Hoddle was a loose man. He always wanted to be all his life yeah. a loose man. Yeah, and yeah. it was a, a bit like um, with Deli Alley and, and Harry Kane, wasn't it? it Lost the triangle, and, and, Jerry and, and Ericsson as well. Lost the triangle. Yeah. Well, I don't know how. I don't know everything that's happened with Ali. I got to tell you, it, it means a lot to me. And and it, it, as at this moment, you'd say. It's, the whole thing's been a disaster. And I'm so sad about that. Yeah. However, when he played with Kane and Ericsson, let me tell you, when that ball was knocked back from Kane to Ericsson, Ali knew that Ericsson would put it for him and he'd yeah. run behind that back four and score goals. Yeah. And it was a wonderful triangle that worked so well for Tottenham Hotspur. And the manager came in, saw something and decided to dispense with that triangle. Well, I think... It- it started at the World Cup in 2018 well, because Southgate saw Raheem Sterling as the player who went on alongside. And he started playing Deli Ali as a left-sided midfield yeah. orthodox player, which he isn't. Of course. And then following that, they started, Pochettino started playing him there at Tottenham. Yeah. And it sort of, and, and, Deli never and recovered And you know that, that Mourinho's first game, I remember it so clearly because I was at Watford that day watching a game. The West Ham game. Was and it was yeah. a lunchtime kickoff. West Ham. Well, at West Ham. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Right. Mourinho's first game. He, 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 he had a very good game, Ali. Yeah. In that game, unfortunately for him, he was playing left midfield. Yeah. He put yeah. him in left midfield. And whether that, you know, stuck in... He's not a left midfield player. No, no. He's not that type of player. He's a player who likes to play with freedom. He can do a trick. He can do something clever. He can get a goal. We lost him. And that's sometimes due to... You don't know what happens behind the scenes, so and you don't know what happens. You know, you've only got the players in the mornings, early afternoons, for most of the day. They're with their families. You don't know what problems they have, you know, or, or, or how they're going to nightclubs or what they're doing. So it's sometimes it's not as easy as that to control players, particularly in the modern game where they've got so much money and. Um, Although I think most of them now, to be fair, it doesn't matter what they get, they are dedicated, the mm. top players are dedicated. Mm. Just a point on um, when you said about Saturday, Conte, you know, we all assume he sort of had a go at the players. 
the assumption is, or the suggestion is, he didn't actually, he wasn't in the dressing room after the game. Yeah, I'm told He went that. straight to his, you know, yes. he did all his media duties. Yeah. That I know, working in the media, yeah. there's a good... Uh, time time lapse. It's best part of an hour before they come in, and that, that press conference was nearly an hour after the final whistle. Mm. He hadn't spoken to any of the players at that point. Correct. And then the suggestion is he went home separately to the players. Mm. And then he's gone back to Italy. Turin, and which the players. He, which he would, you know, yeah. it's only about four of them there. Left yeah. Tanganga, so Morora, the aren't with yeah. internationals. Yeah. Yeah. So th- those players have not had. There's no knocking on the door and going and saying, "Did you no. mean me, Gaffer?" And all no, that. No. They, they've gone on to international duty. So you know, there isn't. They, this is still festering, isn't it? You know, there's no opportunity to have that one-to-one and say to individual players or to them as a group. And I think this was. You know, in a way, this was one of the things that yeah. perhaps after the um, I, I, Champions League, the final. press get hold of certain things. You know, uh, I know everyone has grief in their own ways. Everyone loses family at different times, and he lost his coach. That was the, the mm. one. His fitness man who would work with him for long years. The uh, the man, but um, I was at Brentford on Boxing Day. His wife and daughter were there. I was in the, I did go to the boardroom a game, I think it was Norwich, his wife and daughter were there. I don't think they've been absolutely there and him there all the time. I think they've been staying in London for quite some time. So I don't, so we never know the full story. We, we never know everything, do we? Yeah. We have to surmise what, what, uh, what might be the, the, the true, you know, the real story, I mean. I hope I haven't been too depressive, have I? No, no, not at all. I, I'm just wondering, you know, because you've been a director of football. We're talking about Paratici. You rightly brought him up, and we hadn't mentioned him earlier in the other show, but I'm wondering what his position is now. You've been in that position where... Can't compare. I, I don't know his... Uh, I know what his job title is, and I know that... Um, he ha- I can tell you he's, he's brought in a lot of staff with a yeah. lot of headings. Oh, really? Which uh, certainly are the Harry Redknapps of this world, and even me wouldn't understand what certain people do. Right. But what sort of thing is it? Is it to do with... I can't with tell you. To, to, to <laughs> do with scouting or, or uh, sports science, all of those things. Methodology. Methodology. Head of methodology, deputy Re- head of methodology. Recruitment officer. Recruitment. Head of performance. But these are such, such vague terms, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they really are. I think so. That speaks volumes. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just wondering what his position is in in I, this all of these yeah. in the politics of it. Can we talk about another club? Would <laughs> 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 Tottenham miss a director of football? Would Tottenham? So what was well, that question? Well, uh, would Tottenham miss a director? Miss, would they miss? Well, a, all I can tell you is, years ago, it was uh, Sugar that had whatever you call it, and he was a visionary Sugar. He had the brains to go and say. We need, we, there's no one on the board knows anything about football. He didn't. He didn't know an orange from football. Yeah. But he admitted it. Yeah. He said, I need someone who knows something and had an empathy with the dressing room. And he had on there probably, a, you had an account, uh, architect, you go, you had a banker. You, you had all sorts of professional people. And I always had, whether it was uh, back to Richardson's and the Wales and the Scholar, Scholar, Anyway, but, <laughs> but the, the, point, the point I'm trying to make is that he was criticised, massively criticised. He wrote a letter to the LMA saying why he's appointed director of football. And Sheepshanks also of Ipswich, he mm. also wrote something similar. 
And it was a very, very good letter saying that we need someone who is a kind of a buffer between the dressing room and the manager and the, the board of directors. And it, and it was right. Someone who could, when the board of directors don't know what they're talking about and start saying, well, we've lost three games on the trot and we're not doing very well. Well, the director of football will say, well, hang on a minute. The reason being that he's had to change his system because so-and-so's had a bad injury. And until he returns, it may be difficult for the moment. The voice of reason. And the board don't understand a, a lot of that. So that's why the director of football, which was heavily... I can remember Martin Samuel writing an article. What do we need, um, you know, Martin Samuel? Mm. What do we need directors of football for? Italy had already got them. France had already got them. And then, then now everyone's got them. They've got three, some clubs. Mm -hmm. But you I know. suppose they've had them and then not had them and then had them and then yeah, not Yeah, Harry had didn't them. want one, so yeah. Kamele went... Yeah. And then uh, then after I went, Arneson came in. Yeah. And you've got to be very careful because some of them have got very strong connections, particularly the foreign people, with agents. Yeah. And so therefore, a lot of players, it's easy for me to say this, if you look back, you can look at certain players and think, how did they come to, how did they come to the you, club? You don't well, mean well, Tremazzani, well, do you? Well, let me tell you a story about Tremazzani. It's a true story. A man called Matthew Norman, who I disliked intensely. Oh, the he, journalist. I yeah. disliked him intensely. Provocative man. And poor, I always remember poor old John Motson saying to me once in Germany, he said, what am I going to do about this? He criticised him very heavily. I said, it's fish and chip paper. I've learned. Don't, yeah. don't attack him. He'll attack you more and more. Yeah. So I never, never went for Norman, but he was really nasty. And he was particularly nasty about Tramazzani. Right. Because he challenged me on Tramazzani, and I said, and it was quite true, I didn't sign him. And yeah. he said, thought he came for a million pounds. Now, Tramazzani was playing in Italy, and Eddie Presland, who's now passed away, went to watch him. Previous to him coming, one Sunday morning, Mr. Sugar rang me and said, I have Tramazzani in my house with the agent Andy Gross. Andy Gross was the agent of Christian Gross. Sorry, ah, Andy, Gross, uh, Andy Gross was the agent of Christian Gross and also Klinsman. Also Klinsmann. But were they related? No, they're not related. Okay, okay. He was a, he was a Swiss German or whatever. All right. But anyway, the point was, uh, uh, Alan said to me, I've got this player, Tramazzani. We, we're going to sign him. I said, Alan, we've, I've seen my book, uh, and, and we, we've already looked at him. We don't, think he, we don't think he's good enough. He said, well, don't worry. See how he goes. It won't come out of your budget. What? How very no, un-sugar. Well, that's what happens. Amazing. That's what happens can happen in football. So, eight, so, what, so the agent so, had persuaded So Tramazzani was planted on me. Wow. And Matthew Norman continued to say who wasted, that I yeah. wasted the million yeah. pounds on Tramazzani. Yeah. Yeah. Tramazzani loved it. He lived in Hampstead. He was a handsome, fair-haired guy. <laughs> he loved London. <laughs> having the but time he, of his life. But he wasn't good enough. He turned like the Titanic when he was defending. <laughs> it was terrible. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.